Hey guys, this is Rob from Couch on Fire Podcast. This is not an ad, but I do want to tell you this. This episode you're about to listen to is an old episode. It's kind of like one of those Lost Tracks episode where I sit down with uh, Griffin, who has been a lovely support on the Afterburn, which is a side story show of uh, Couch on Fire. Basically, we just talk about one topic, but we talk about it through months. Maybe one month, two months, depends on how long it takes. Or maybe even just two episodes. Who knows? But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This was a regular podcast that I film, um, that I recorded with him. Um, kind of about some random stuff. So, don't know. This was a couple months ago. Um, but I just found it, so I figured I'd throw it up there. And yeah. Thank you for listening and enjoy this podcast. And I will see you or hear you next week. Thank you. What I'm the on. hell's going on with Baltimore, man? Whoa. You tell me. Whoa, 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 whoa. How'd you know I hit start? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, sudden, I, I had a feeling. It's like the fucking force came over me or something. Yeah, welcome to the Couch with Fire podcast where the couch isn't really on fire. Mm-hmm. Question mark? I had a little smoke, you know, a little yeah, steam, a yeah, little smoke. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Rob Griffin is here with me this week again, and we are doing Yo. some uh, some fun episodes. Uh, we still Griffin and I are still doing um, the Game of Thrones miniseries, and then right after that, we're gonna have another miniseries, which I'm really excited about. And no hints or spoilers, but mm-hmm. if you listen to any of our podcasts, you'd probably know one of the things that we talk about the most. So I'm excited for that. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. And yeah, I mean, I always like to lead off by saying thank you. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. Nah, fuck him. Don't let him get entitled. What do you mean? What happened? What's going on with Baltimore? Well, I was reading this article in the uh, in the New York Times the other day about the massive upsurge in the homicide rate of Baltimore uh, and the uh, and the like the lack of a police force that y'all seem to have. So as a Baltimore native, I want to know. Like the only thing I know about Baltimore, <laughs> I watch The Wire, you know, and I, and The Wire is great and everything. But it, I want to know as a Baltimore. I basically I want this episode. I want you to talk about your experiences in Baltimore as a city, like culturally with crime, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Growing up. Okay. Well, first of all, to make it clear, The Wire was not a TV show. It was a documentary. It's totally true. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, true to life, huh? <laughs> I've. The sad thing is, a good part of it, probably 40, 45% of it is definitely true. <laughs> There's just so much. Maybe even a little bit more. I mean, I haven't seen The Wire in a while. Um, mm-hmm. The politics, definitely. <laughs> um, I, I mean, so, okay, so I am a privileged uh, white kid that grew up in the suburbs outside the city. Um, I grew up in Baltimore County. Well, I didn't grow up in Baltimore County. I was born in Baltimore County in which is basically kind of like Mecklenburg County to Charlotte, if Ah, that makes sense. So, like, you have have uptown, then you have the county around it. And Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of how, you know, so we have the city, and then we have the county around it. So my family's part of a a group of people that are from uh, Dundalk. That's the the, the name of it. People that are listening to this probably know, but you you have no idea. And then uh, we we eventually moved to another county, which would be, like, moving to Cabarrus County. So we moved. We moved to. Yeah. What? (laughs) Anyway, so Baltimore, though, growing up, I mean, as a child, you really don't hear too much about Baltimore. Honestly, Baltimore is a beautiful city. There's a lot of great. There's a lot of great history there. There's a lot of. I mean, the Inner Harbor itself is amazing. 
I mean, the sports history, the food, the cultures that are there. It is a melting pot. A lot of cities are melting pots, but this is a, another big melting pot. Um, I think the downfall of Baltimore, my personal opinion, is the, the, the leadership that were, it was in the city for many years and then the leadership that was in the state just kind of let it go to shit. I mean, Section 8 homes started coming in there. So I'm not, not blaming the people that can't afford things for, for crime, but... Yeah, just, tread, tread very carefully on this episode. <laughs> well, I, you know, like I said, I was a privileged white kid from the suburbs, so I really can't speak too much for that. But even, it's just, uh, it, it's a city. Every city has crime. Every city mm-hmm. has crime. Now, what made Baltimore, I think, the thing about it's, all right, so we have we have the Inner Harbor, so we have ports. I think the biggest thing was any city that has like a, a shipping port obviously is going to be a little bit worse than any other city because we have ways of bringing in drugs, ways of bringing in bad things. Like, I mean, you know, we've had immigrants or anything, just people, illegal people from different countries come in. A lot of it, you know, we have a really big port control there now. We have the U.S. Customs that are always there. But I think that was that. Those are some of the things, factors that probably started making Baltimore the way it was. It was easy, and the the one big thing, if you watch a lot of documentaries, they always say so. Baltimore is the pit stop between Washington D.C. and New York. Um, so D.C. obviously is D.C. Everyone knows about D.C. Um, mm-hmm. Baltimore, though, like on your way to New York from D.C. or like all the people that you know, all the it, they would stop in Baltimore, and it's just—it's hard to explain. Because, like I said, I didn't really grow up in the city, actual city, city. Like, did you grow up on the streets of Uptown, Charlotte? Like, oh hell no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but the the, the crime itself—it makes me sad uh, hearing about all this stuff. But it honestly, honestly, what you just read to me—I didn't even know, but I'm not even shocked. I mean, like hearing that the homicide rate is high. I mean, the police there. Some, not all the police people are are bad, but there's there's people out there that are ignorant, and people out there that are stupid. And you know, I have a friend that's a police officer, and he even made this joke. And I've heard this before. It's funny how if you go to cosmetology um, mm-hmm. to learn how to cut hair, you have to be in school for one whole year before you even hold a, a hot curling iron. To be a police officer, at least in Baltimore County or city, you really only have to be in school for, what, three months to get a gun? So how do you train someone? It's a war zone out there. So how do you train police officers? You give them tools. How do you train them to prepare themselves seeing you know, people on crack or people killing each other in the street every other day? Like, I mean, people are dying every day in Baltimore. It's ridiculous. So, like, how do you – it's post It's imagine being in a war zone, and that's kind of what's happening. And that's why no one wants to be a police officer. And, by the way, you only make, like, forty-five grand a year. And, you know, you can easily make forty-five grand doing something else. So it's like you're paying these people little to put their life on the line 60, 70 hours a week. So that's my first gripe about Baltimore to answer your one question. So it's more a matter of uh, there just not really being any money to go around, not for the That's to not. pay the cops, not for the schools, social services. So I know you've never been there, but you saw the wire. You saw those; they're called row homes. You saw those homes that are abandoned. 
Yes. Like remember that remember that block New Amsterdam whatever it was called the, the block where they did drugs. Yeah, the free zone. The free zone. Yeah. So those homes yeah. they're they're still there. I mean like there's homes and they're all boarded up and they're really bad. Or and it's it's sad because like the city doesn't have the money to tear it down and no one wants to live there because the crime is so high. Um it is a tourist town too because we have the you know Fort McHenry where they where they wrote the Star Spangled Banner. You have the sports teams. You have the Inner Harbor, the famous Inner Harbor. I mean, we have a science center. We have uh, an aquarium. No one wants to go there after 5 o'clock in the afternoon because they know the freaks come out at night. The mm-hmm. freaks come <laughs> But it's just, it's just bad, and it's just kind of like it's just killing it. Now, there's history towns like Federal Hill. You got... Fells Point. These are all little areas that are a little bit better, but they're still. In fact, Harris Teeter has two stores in Baltimore, in that area, and Harris Teeter is more of a, a higher class uh, grocery chain. Mm-hmm. For the people that don't know, um, it's more expensive. I wouldn't say it's higher class. It's yeah, it's, it's uh, same product, more expensive though. <laughs> yeah, they slap a new label on it and yeah. jack up the price. Um, but I mean, you know. I still I love I love Baltimore because I know Baltimore. Um, I like uh, St. Patty's Day is coming up soon. I like that. Well, I don't know when this episode will go up, so maybe it's already passed. But um, yeah, I mean, Maryland's fun. I think there's more to Maryland than there is Baltimore. I think Baltimore is like this evil shadow that's casting over. I mean, the the capital. It's kind of like the capital of North Carolina is Raleigh, but no one talks about Raleigh. It's all about Charlotte. Right, the capital, of Mar- um, the capital, of Maryland's Annapolis, and no one gives a fuck about Annapolis. <laughs> no, Annapolis doesn't really make news that much. No. So, so what are the kind of the hidden gems of Maryland then? If Baltimore is uh, kind of overshadowing everything else, what what would you say if somebody was driving through Maryland? Where's a place to stop on your way out? I mean, there's a lot of history there. I mean, Edgar Allan Poe has a house in downtown Baltimore. That's where he grew up at. That's where he's from. So just going there to see his house, I mean, this is a famous writer. This is a famous artist. So you might want to see that. I mean, John Hopkins University is well known across the world for their medical. So seeing their campus is probably, it's beautiful. I mean, for the people that got to attend it that I personally know, I mean, Jelly, all the way, Jealous. I said Jelly. Oh, my God, how fucking old am I? Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's a jam. Come on now, man. We're not children anymore. I mean, but the agriculture, the doors nest. There was this movie. Um, they filmed a couple movies there. One of uh, Tuck Everlasting. You ever heard of that? Nah, it's news to me. Oh, it's an old Disney movie. But anyway, there's a, there's a lot of there's a King of Queensy. There's mountains. There's uh, you can snowboard because it's you know there's Alps where there's snowing. You can go surfing in Ocean City, which good luck. Um, I mean, it's just like any other state. I mean, just like North, you know, I, I compare it to North Carolina because I lived in North Carolina. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, so you could surf and snowboard and do all that too. But Maryland, I mean, it's just the history. And D.C. is kind of part of Maryland. So you going through, going to D.C. is nice. Um, it just overshadows all the the wonderful people that do live there. You know, like when I tell people I'm from Baltimore, they instantly just like, oh, man. Or they just give me that look. <laughs> or they just give me that look like they know. Or it's like you know, it's like if someone said, "Oh, I'm from Queens," mm-hmm. you 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 would think, "Okay, this guy's a tough nosed guy. He's probably part of the mob at one point in time." <laughs> like, yeah, I he mean, definitely knows somebody who yeah. knows somebody. But you know, not 
all of Baltimore is bad. So, I mean, honestly, it's spilling over into the counties now. So the counties are getting affected. Maryland's just a small state that's overpopulated right now, and it's it's getting out of hand. So you've honestly, I've seen more people down here in South Carolina than I do that are from Maryland than I do uh, anywhere else. Like it's mm-hmm. it's just crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. What else huh. you got? What else you got? Sports teams are amazing. I, you know, um, two things I miss about Maryland, hands down. I would say the people, but I'm slowly learning that. You know, I could talk to them other ways with technology. So I would definitely say the two biggest things for me about Maryland that I miss, that I love, is food. Food, the food culture. Well, any food that you grew up on is your favorite food. And I grew up on crabs. I grew up on shrimp. Old Bay. Old Bay. You and your damn Old Bay. (laughs) And then, um, you know, the flag. The Maryland flag. I mean, the sports and the Maryland flag. Sports teams. Uh, We love our sports. Hmm? What about you? Huh? What about uh, North Carolina? I mean, people, you know. Ah, oh, Jesus. Uh, that that's actually that's that's something interesting to bring up because uh, Charlotte has undergone something of a transformation in the time that I've you know been not dead. Um, it started out at least when I was very young as a sleepy kind of podunk country town. Um, of course, it wasn't really then, even back then. Uh, but over the years, it's completely transformed. It's one of the fastest-growing cities in the U.S., and I don't know how to feel about it. Because on one hand, it's great to see all this growth and all the change that it's bringing, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, change is good. Uh, it's becoming kind of the hot spot to move to. Um, culturally, you got all people from all walks of life coming here, like just down the street we had a couple of people from fucking like Lebanon just move in uh, and then we got a guy from Rochester like Rochester, New York and somebody from fucking San Diego, California like everybody's here you know everybody's moving here bringing their well, unique experiences well, and what, what the do you, food what do you think what do you think why are people moving to Charlotte I mean why are people what do you think the reason why people are moving to Charlotte couple reasons uh, the first is the the climate like it's a pretty temperate uh state it stays about between the 60s to 80s most of the year it's a humid heat which i fucking hate but apparently not a whole lot of people hate um it's a great business town if you've got a job with one of the corporations they have a lot of headquarters here it's a great tech town banking town like it there's lots of options there they're starting to get into industry and manufacturing yeah there's there's a lot of cultural opportunities like there's a lot of bands that have started here and that that headline here we have a bunch of stadiums and auditoriums and stuff you can play concerts um it's a city with a lot of untapped potential the problem seems to be that no one knows how to tap that potential well you know we still have this what's up well i was gonna say you know what comes with more people moving to your city crime i know you, you keep saying that uh you know, I hear here's an experience. I moved to North Carolina in 2012, 2013. 2013 I moved to North Carolina. And I lived there until 2018. And my years of moving to North Carolina, when I first got there, I used to make fun of the local news because they would talk about, "Oh, uh, you know, somebody rear-ended another car." 
and in Baltimore, it's oh, two cops were shot. Oh, by yeah. the way, oh, by the way, the Ravens won. You know, this is what they talk about. Here, they didn't really t- they don't talk about the they didn't talk about their sports teams too much, and they just talked about they didn't talk about shit. But when I left, now you hear there's robberies, there's people, you know, steal, there's meth labs going up in malls. There's all this other weird stuff going on, and I'm sure it happened before, but it's being more featured now because more people are moving to Charlotte. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's it's terrible too. There's there's been a lot of uptick in shootings and violence and robberies and stuff like that. Like you said, it's pretty much inevitable. Um, once you you take the good with the bad, you know there's not like an entrance exam that says you are only allowed to move here if you have this kind of moral compass. You know, um, obviously the the more people, the more opportunities that criminals will see. Um, and I will give you know the the CMPD their due. They've been pretty diligent at trying to keep up with that kind of thing. You know, there hasn't been too many scandals involving uh, Carolina police or anything like that. Nothing too crazy. Uh, of course, you know, knock on wood here. Um, I guess it's, it's partially like you said, you know, growing up pretty sheltered, pretty privileged. I never really saw too much of that. You know, we, we didn't live in a particularly rough neighborhood growing up. You know, worst comes to worst, somebody would break into your car, steal some stuff, you know, or there'd be somebody throw a brick through somebody's window. There'd be a dog getting loose. You'd have to call the pound or something. Nothing too insane, nothing too terrible. Growing up, I I got to keep kind of like my idyllic, quiet existence for a pretty long time. You know, I I didn't get really a dose of the big city life until I turned like 18 or 19 uh, and started branching out in the world, meeting new people. But one thing that has definitely not been great, and I know you definitely experienced it as well, is North Carolina has very old infrastructure. Yeah. The roads, the the highways, everything, and they have no idea how to fix it. They spend tons and tons and tons of money on all these, these companies and stuff, and they shut down the roads and gridlock and everything to make at the end of the day, no difference. I think, um, like it, well, one of the things I noticed when I moved to North Carolina is the constant road work. There's always road work. Supposedly it yes. took them like 185 years to finish 485, but it was mm-hmm. like, there's constant road work. Um, I don't know. Yeah, if they, I'll, I'll let know. you know if they ever do finish it. <laughs> I think they did. Mm, no, no, I don't uh, feel like it. Okay. But anyway, you were uh, saying, um, I, th- I feel like uh, it's just it's they they don't know how to – all right so certain states I'm not saying Maryland does this well because I know they do they don't do it well but there's probably certain states out there that know how to budget their money a little bit better I understand that um, the shore gets hit a lot with storms and things like that so they have a lot of uh, like a backup money plan like maybe like twenty mil or something for in case of mm-hmm. hurricane relief or something like that but at the same time. The money, you know, like when it snows in North Carolina, no one knows what the fuck to do. No one pre-salts roads because they don't have the trucks to pre-salt it. Obviously, it still does ice and snow there, so you think they would have a little bit more pre-salt roads. But I don't know. See, it goes into governments and things like that where I don't know all the money that they use. Um, but, I mean, every state has its flaw. Like, even I'm in South Carolina. There's, mm-hmm. there, Trust me. 
There's some shit here that I would make this state millions of dollars if they would just do one thing and one thing only. If well, no, same with North Carolina. If if North Carolina would do what Maryland does, there's one thing that Maryland does. I fucking hate it as a as a driver, but mm-hmm. what they do there is probably how they get half their money to pave the roads and things like that. You know what that is? Toll roads? Nope. It's not toll. It's called uh there's these little cameras that go on <coughs> there's these little cameras that go on red lights. So when you uh, when you run a red light, they take a picture of you and then they send you a bill of like twenty five, thirty, maybe fifty dollars. Um, and then if you don't pay it, they take your license away until you pay it. And it doubles, I think. I think it goes up. So in Maryland, there's these things that are in front of elementary schools. They're little boxes. So when they drive, when you drive by over 35 miles an hour, it takes a picture of your license plate. There's these lights. Every light has a camera. So even if you try to push that last car, oh my God, it's yellow. Hurry up! You tr- you know how you know how North Carolina drives. Mm-hmm. You you probably drive that way. Um, hey hey hey. Yeah, that's all. Don't, don't that, worry about it. That's all money that can go back to the state. So here in Myrtle Beach, a tourist town, people run red lights every fucking day of their life. I've watched it happen every day. I mean, they did it in Charlotte too. They would just run that red light, like, and then some of them were just so obvious, and no one mm-hmm. beeps their horn. Like, no one just. It's just yeah, a, it doesn't even bother us anymore. It's just a normal thing. But imagine how much money. If okay, so imagine one day just in Charlotte. Let's just let's just take Mecklenburg County where Charlotte is. Imagine how many people run. A red light just that one day and imagine so that's $50 a car so just times that that's how much money the state would make in one day just think about that and that's just in one county so if you do it in every other county so it's just that's something I, I if I was control of the money in Maryland I probably would love that but the fact that mm-hmm. I'm a driver and I, I think it's fucking rude <laughs> yeah you hate getting that bill in the mail well, sometimes you can fight it. Like, say, if there's a fire truck and you have to go through a red light to get out of the way of the fire truck, there's usually, like, a, when they snap the picture, you can always say, oh, you know, this is it. But, I mean, it just gives more money to to the state. So, there's your problem right there. They can fix it real quick. Well, that's assuming that they know how to spend the money right, which is no guarantee. Yeah. But. I don't know. I mean... I I don't like living in South Carolina. I'm here because of my daughter. I I miss I miss Charlotte. One of the reasons why I moved to Charlotte from Baltimore is I've lived in a couple other different places, but Charlotte was growing, and I wanted to grow with the city. I felt like Baltimore has already established itself over a hundred some years ago, and it's just ugh. And I just wanted to in Charlotte. I heard was growing at that time when I first moved to Charlotte. It said it said um, one person every two days was moving to Charlotte. By the time I left, it was like two and a half people. Yes, two and a half people moved to Charlotte every hour. <laughs> like every it, hour? That's what it said. It said two and a half people every hour. <sighs> so, yeah. That, that is something I, I can kind of understand, uh, wanting to be <laughs> kind of like in on the ground floor of history. Yeah. Just seeing something yeah. new made. Yeah. Um, now I'm gonna have to take my quote on that every hour thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what he said, but it does now thinking about it, it sounds really ridiculous. Maybe two and a half yeah, people that every does day. Sound a little crazy. Maybe two and a half people every day move to Charlotte. Yeah. Which yeah, not, that that sounds. I mean, that's still a lot of people. Yeah. And what what's a half a person? Is that a midget? Uh, 
Yeah, probably just like Peter Dinklage just stopping by, <laughs> getting a, a vacation home with his Game of Thrones money. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just... Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people. And it's crazy, too, because North Carolina is so big. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte's not that big. So Charlotte's just becoming like this big, major metropolitan city. And... But, like, all it's going to do is just force the people that are from... Like, you grew up in near Mecklenburg or in Mecklenburg, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So eventually you're going to, you know, it's going to get so bad where you might have to leave Mecklenburg. But then again, there's pros to having all these people there. Because now, because because Charlotte's so busy, you have, you guys have, you have Publix, you've had all these good places that have just recently got there. I'm sure you're going to have a Wegmans, which is a good grocery train. You have Whole Foods, you have more movie theaters, you have better restaurants than you would in Concord because Charlotte's, you know, that's the city. I mean, you have... Yeah. You have more distilleries, beer. I mean, you have so many different things going for you because all these people are moving down here. And I think, yeah, so, I don't know. Well, that's that's something, too, that I wanted to ask you. Um, like, very, very vaguely uh, connected to what we were talking about here. Um, besides the obvious, you know, political angle we could take it, we were just talking about seeing history made... Culturally speaking, what do you think we will be like this period in time we're in now will be remembered for in about maybe 40, 50 years? Like when we're old and our grandkids are asking us in between our infrequent bouts of dementia, like, oh, what was what was the 2018s like? You know, what was 2019s? What will we remember? Movies, music wise, like cultural oh. movements. I think to get away from uh, talking about the states and stuff, I think that um, the thing that we would be remembered by our our generation is, you know, obviously our generation started the tech bloom. You know, even even my generation. I know I'm a little bit older than you, but mm-hmm. it's still you still part of that. The millennials, you're still kind of part of that period where the tech bloom happened. I think though. I think we might be the last generation to really like know what hard work is. Mm-hmm. I really believe because like even now like like I was talking to somebody at work right now. Uh, I have a couple employees that keep they're quitting and they don't they put their two weeks in but then they don't show up for their second day of work. And the sad thing is no one calls references anymore. No one I think the I think the old school is gone. And I think that now it's more of like people don't call for records. People will burn bridges and don't give a shit anymore. And I feel like um, our generation is just the last generation to really know that. I mean, you know, I think we'll be remembered by the lack of leaderships that we have. So obviously this whole Donald Trump thing and then mm-hmm. whoever we have next is probably not going to be as good. But we'll, we'll, we'll want this person, guy or girl to be better mm-hmm. because we had Donald Trump in it and a lot of people don't like mm-hmm. Donald Trump. And if mm-hmm. you do support him, that's fine. I'm just saying that, you know, a lot of people, yeah. I think that, I don't think we'll ever have another civil war, but I think that racism will still play a big part of our lifetime. Well, here's a, here's, there's a very uh, interesting little question right there because I was actually having this discussion the other day. Uh, with somebody we were talking about 
if either Trump gets impeached or he does not win a second term, and they're talking about like, oh, that's victory and stuff. And I was saying, look, the fight's not even close to being over with. Because even if he is either impeached or he doesn't get elected again, the fact of the matter is he was still elected in the first place, which means that there's a base out there that believes in the ideas that he believes and the, the positions that he puts forth. That base will not be quieted again. Now that they've been given a voice, whether that voice is either silenced or just like voted out of office, Yeah, I think we're seeing... That's something else that'll be in the history books is we're seeing a changing of the guard politically uh, in this country. We're becoming a lot more active politically on oh, both yeah. sides. Uh, people are becoming a lot more voiceful and forceful with their opinions, for better or worse. Well, that's social media, 100%. I mean, social media is like uh, Obama. Not not saying Obama wasn't going to win. But if you look mm -hmm. back, if you go back to his election, his first year of being a president, before he became a president, he was close. Uh, Hillary was there. There was, I think, I forget who else was there, who was running against them. Um, he was pretty close. But what what really helped him catapult a little bit more is he was on Twitter. He was on Facebook, being active. And the in the the new generation of kids that are like you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, they are all about social media, all about being you know it goes back to all those all those podcasts that we talked about with um the whole mo like movies how movies are not affected anymore because everyone has a camera on them so everyone can take pictures everyone can take you know everyone can make a movie in 24 hours and it could be this biggest thing ever um so it, it goes back to that too so i i do think there is a there is a change and i think that the presidencies now they can't get away with a lot of things and then just like actors Imagine, all right, so say Hillary Clinton be, did become president. Okay, that's great. First woman president, awesome. You know, she's, you know, according to people, she's not racist. That's fine. But mm -hmm. but then again, did two questions would always pop up. Okay, well, your husband cheated on you, but you still kept him. So that you got that group that doesn't like her because, you know, she just stayed with him even though he was a cheater. And then you got another group saying, okay, well, I only voted for her because Bill Clinton you know, saved our economy in the 90s. So I love that. And then you got another group saying, well, she was sending bad emails and all this other stuff out there. So I just feel like, I don't know. I will say this, I don't like politics, and everyone that listens to this should know that, but there is a candidate. She is a woman. She is strong. She is from the state of Hawaii, and that's where my vote will go if she makes it past the primaries or whatever it's called. And who is this? I don't know her name. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just gotta find out her name, and then I'll write it on fucking writing. No, the, see, I'm bad at politics. I'm really ignorant when it comes to politics. But I'll be honest, with you. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not even gonna look it up. But I know mm -hmm. she's running. I forget her name. I really do. That's rude. Maybe I should. Uh, you know, damn, I'm that person. Damn it. Oh damn, boy. Oh mm. man. Well, before we go, I wanted to ask you. I did wanted to ask you. Um, dog or cats? Dogs, not even close. Why is that? Well, what's your take? I've I, I love dogs to death. I, I always have. You know, growing up, my family never had any less than three dogs at one time. Sometimes we had as many as four or five. Um, I, I've just always found them to be a lot more sociable animals. You know, cats are very independent. And that's great if that's what you're going for. Like, if you're looking for a, an animal that's not really as high maintenance. 
Uh, but I I need an animal that needs me. Basically, is a, is a good way of looking at it. I like feeling like I am providing for something, you know. Yeah. And the fact that you know, God bless him, my dog is too stupid to make his own food, and he relies on me not to die. You know, it it, it makes me feel like I have a purpose. You know, even if it, when work is shit, you know, and I I want to kill everybody, and I'm not making enough money to do all my hopes and dreams and stuff. I can come home and see this big dumb dog sitting there looking at me like, Hey man, what's going on? You know, what's going on in your life? And he'll just come over and start licking my shoes and I'll get irritated and push him off. And then he'll go start licking the furniture. And it's like, what's your fixation with licking? Is it like a sexual thing? You know, where's the peanut butter? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> You're the second person today to make that joke. Oh, uh, well, it's a real thing. Um, yeah. Well, Apparently yeah, so. I, I agree with you because, I, I mean, I grew up with dogs. I grew up with uh, big-ass dogs. I mean, my grandparents raised me, and they had two German Shepherds, Duke and Duchess. Now, they, they passed away when I was like five. So right after that, they got uh, two labs. So I had two labs, and I thought they were great. And then after that, we had, um, while the two labs were around, we got two Japanese Akitas. Those fucking things. Oh. I'm going to tell you right now... So one of them was a bitch. She was horrible. She she was she might have been the reason why I would stop liking dogs. But the other one, oh my god, he was I could ride him. He was he was two hundred and forty five pounds, but he was a fuck, he was a fucking teddy bear. He looked like a panda. His name was Onyx. I used to call him Onyx Steel because he was mm-hmm. just so like oh I don't have pictures of him. But if I because I cell phones weren't around, but he unfortunately, um, it was a. One one thing I will say, if you're a cat or a dog lover or any kind of pet, I I, it, I hate it because you get so attached to these things, these people, these animals, and mm. they just die on you. And he he died. He had a seizure in the middle of the night, and he bit his tongue, so he was whomping in the middle of the night. So And he died from that seizure, but his eyes stayed open, and he was like – so supposedly his brain was still awake, but he couldn't move. And that was the – that was the saddest moment, one of the saddest moments of my life because it's like I watched this dog as a puppy get older and all I can do is hold him because it's 12 mm-hmm. o'clock, it's fucking midnight and I can't take him anywhere and he's too damn big for me to carry and I'm watching mm-hmm. this poor thing look at me and it's just, mm-hmm. it's just, it tears you up and I've seen, I've, you know, I have a dog now. I have a little corgi. I wanted something different because I was used to big dogs yeah. and I, I love this little fucker. I love her so much but when the time comes, it's going to rip my heart out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I, that's one of the reasons. Like, that's I couldn't really put it into words, but you kind of did it for me. Yeah, dogs have such a such a powerful connection to people that losing them hurts you so terribly. Like it it rips something out of you, yeah. but yet you'll still go and do it all over again. You know, get another dog that's only going to last like ten or twelve years at the most, knowing what's going to be waiting for you on the other side. You know, just more pain and fucking misery, but doing it because you love the dog that much. You know, you love these animals so much. I've, I can't remember a time in my life that didn't have a dog in it, at least like vaguely. And I can't imagine a future that won't have a dog in it either. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, my life has always been and always will be connected with a dog. And I, you know, not to knock, I've had cats when I was young. I've, I had a cat. Well, my mother had a cat. I lived with my grandparents, but my mother had a cat and um, I just cats are cats are cool 
they do some cool things sometimes, and it's pretty cool. They do want attention. They do, uh, you know, but there is something to me, and I, I'm sure you agree. There's just something the way a dog looks at you, like you are the mm-hmm. best thing in their lives, and they're so happy that you're home. You could you could have yelled at them 20 minutes ago. You could have punched them in the mm-hmm. face for shitting all over the damn carpet. And 20 minutes mm-hmm. later, they're like, I love you. And you look at them saying, I'm sorry, I love you. Like, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just, I don't know. And I don't, I've never got that attachment from, I've, I've had gerbils. I've had hamsters. I've had lizards. I've had frogs. I've had, I never had a bird. I've always wanted a bird. Never had a bird. But I just don't know if I can ever get attached to something when, you know, a dog's just there. And dogs know. You, yeah. see, you see videos of like, dude, George W. Bush Sr., when he died, his service dog laid next to his coffin and moaned. I mean, come on, what cat would do that? <laughs> like, seriously. That's the thing. I, I've like my brother has two cats. I love those cats. Those cats are they're great. They're affectionate. You know, they're they're sweet cats. But only when they allow you to get close to them. Yeah. You know, it's it's a conditional love. Yeah. You know. A cat can be just as affectionate as a dog. Like, they'll walk up to me and just start rubbing on me and rubbing on my legs and stuff. And that's great, you know. Hey, cat, how you doing? But when they're not in the mood, fuck you. You're on your own. Deal with it. A dog is always in the mood to be loved. Yeah. And that's why I prefer dogs. Yeah. Dog power all the way. Hmm? Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> all right, well, we'll call this one a wrap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it um, seems like a good part to end on, as any. <laughs> so this episode, um, I don't have a sponsor, I would say. Well, no, I mean Anchor. Um, mm-hmm. FM is my sponsor, but th- there's an ad that runs in front of it. But uh, no, thank everyone for listening. Um, this one's kind of more of a shoot-the-shit episode. We just talked about a whole bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely be sure to check out um, on Sundays our mini-series that I do with Griffin on a normal basis. I don't know how many more um, of these regular stories I'm going to be doing with Griffin. Um, but hopefully more. I mean, as long as Griffin wants more. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, but yeah, thank you. Like, share, support Couch on Fire podcast. Um, and don't eat meat. Don't do drugs unless you buy them from me, I guess. <laughs>